I, I doubt that many of you have ever heard an entire message devoted to the, the topic of angels. And that's what we're going to study today. Let, let me encourage you to take some notes. We'll cover a number of scriptures that will help you understand what the Bible says uh, about angels. There are nearly 300 references in the Bible to angels. The, the Bible teaches that angels are created. They are uh, spirit beings which are normally invisible. They are sent by God to protect and inform people. About 70% of all Americans believe in angels, and 32% say that they have felt an angel's presence. The movie title contends that there are angels in the outfield, and the country recording artist Alabama sang, I believe there are angels among us. Angels have become big business with some stores and books and, and merchandise being sold. It seems like in, anything uh, of God like that can be commercialized, and, and, and that's, that's happened. When our, our daughter got her driver's license, Johnny gave her a, a medallion that, that clipped to the driver's sun visor, and there were several inscriptions to, to choose from, and the one she selected read, don't drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. Johnny said that she had debated about which inscription to get, and she asked which one I, I, I would have selected for our daughter's car. I, I deadpanned the words of a popular bumper sticker, drive it like you stole it. Just kidding, that is not how I wanted my 16-year-old daughter to, to drive. I, I did say that, but that's not how I wanted her to drive. There has developed in recent years a, a quasi-New Age approach by some to angels. Some try to define them as your personal demigod, poised to provide one with a perfect parking spot or cure your warts at the, at the same time. One national magazine concluded, people are uncomfortable fearing God and they are drawn to the comfy pliable nature of today's angel, a, a kind of God light. Well, well, that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We're, we're going to see what the Bible says about angels and, and understand from Scripture uh, better the, the work that is, is done by these beings. So let's look first at the distinctives of angels. The, the word for angel in Scripture simply means messenger. And we read it in Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? They have been created by God to serve him and to serve those of us who are inheritors of salvation. Although angels do not possess physical bodies, they may take on physical appearance when God appoints them to special tasks. Mark chapter 12, verse 25, indicates that angels neither marry or procreate. And not all angels are, are good. Satan originally was created as a, an angel. He is a fallen angel who led a host of other fallen angels called demons in opposition against God. 
They oppose God and his servants, both human and angelic. And these two armies are engaged in a great warfare that, that continues today. I want us to focus on, on the role this morning of, of good angels, those who are called elect in, in 1 Timothy 5.21 or holy in Matthew 25, verse 31. Those who serve God and his children should be familiar to, uh, to every Christian. Angels serve as agents of praise, agents of instruction, agents of protection, and agents of, of judgment. Dr. S.W. Mitchell, a celebrated Philadelphia neurologist, had gone to bed after an exceptionally tiring day. Suddenly he was awakened by someone knocking on his door and opening it. He found a little girl poorly dressed and, and deeply upset. She told him her mother was very sick and, and asked if, if he would please come and help her. It was a bitterly cold, snowy night. Although he was exhausted, Dr. Mitchell dressed and, and followed the girl. Reader's Digest reported the story that he found the, the mother desperately ill with pneumonia. After arranging for medical care for her, he complimented the sick woman on the intelligence and persistence of her daughter. The woman looked at him strangely and said, my daughter died a month ago, her shoes and coat are in the closet there. Dr. Mitchell, amazed and perplexed, went to the closet and opened the door, and there hung the very coat that had been worn by the little girl who had brought him to tend to her mother. It was warm and dry and could not possibly have been out on that wintry night. Could the doctor have been called in the hour of desperate need by an angel who appeared as this woman's young daughter? Was this the work of God's angels on behalf of this sick woman? Angelic activity was frequent during the ministry of Christ while on earth. Angels appeared at Jesus' birth. We know that from the Christmas story. When Jesus was an infant, an angel appeared to Joseph and warned him to flee to Egypt so that the baby would not be killed by King Herod. When Jesus was severely tempted at the beginning of his ministry out in the wilderness, Matthew 4, verse 11 says, And after the devil left, angels came and attended him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed so hard that his sweat was like drops of blood. Luke 22, verse 43 says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. We know that angels were present at Jesus' resurrection. An angel rolled away the stone from the grave's entrance. Mary Magdalene saw two angels sitting inside the tomb, one at the head and the other at the the feet of the missing corpse. The other women saw angels who told them that Jesus was alive. When Jesus made his ascension and, and returned to heaven, Acts 1.10 reads that the disciples were looking intently up into the sky as he was going 
when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way. The Bible explains that angels are going to accompany Jesus' triumphant second coming. Matthew 24, verse 31 states, He will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. So from the, the beginning of the birth of Christ to his ascension and to his awaited return, angels are present and assisting him in his responsibilities. While angels are are normally invisible to us, they do have the ability to appear on occasion. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, mention winged angels, seraphim, whose function is offering worship beside the throne of God. The Bible refers to some angels as cherubim. Uh, Other angels are are mentioned as serving as messengers or as military hosts, an army of heaven. Instead of the the feminine expectation that we have uh, of angels, angels are always referred to in, in the masculine gender, such as Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer. I think my prayers have been answered. Thanks. <laughs> angels have uh, appeared in dreams, and, and angels have actually uh, appeared to natural sight. Sometimes they were recognized as angels, and sometimes their actual identity was concealed temporarily or, or completely withheld. Those are some of the, the things that are distinctive of about angels. Let's move from the distinctives of angels and let's consider the the duties of angels. I believe angels have played a far greater role in each of our lives than we we probably have ever realized. I believe that scripture indicates that, that every Christian may have his or her own guardian angel assigned to watch over us And there are several Bible verses that suggest this may be so. One is Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. It says, See to it that you do not not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Jesus seems to suggest for us that at least... Children have a guardian angel. Consider what the, the author of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 1.14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? It seems that their function is specifically for those who have embraced Christ and are following and living for him. The, the overarching reason for being for angels is here described. They exist to serve God's people. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 warns 
the early church. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you from the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. It seems to me that there were some in the early church who got into a, a one-upmanship contest describing experiences that they had had with an angel, perhaps bragging about that or doing that in, in a way that was a false humility. And he's warning against fixating on angels. Angels are a part of God's plan, but they're a small part. Don't worship angels. And that apparently was a problem at the church at, at Colossae. Angels are not to be worshipped. They're not to be exploited. They're, they're not to be exaggerated. In Acts chapter 12, do you remember when Peter was in prison and he was released or delivered from prison by an angel? And so, meanwhile, there was a prayer meeting taking place. People had gathered to pray for his release from prison. And so he thought, I, I better go tell him I'm okay, <laughs> that I've, I've been let out. So he goes and, and, and knocks on this big heavy wooden door, and Rhoda, the servant girl, comes to the door, and she goes, who is it? He said, I, it, it's me, Peter. I'm, I'm here. I'm out. And she ran away from the door, so excited she didn't let him in. She ran back to the, the people who were praying, and she said, hey, it, it's Peter. He's the one at the door who's knocking. They go, there's no way. Peter's in prison. We're in here praying for his release. Just leave us alone right now. And, and so this is what it says in Acts 12, 15. You're out of your mind, they told her, when she kept insisting that it was so. They said, it must be his angel. Again, the early church talked a lot more about angels than we, we talk about in, in the, the modern church. Uh, that seemed to be something they were much more familiar with, in, in tune to, and, and aware of. His, it must be his angel, his guardian angel. Uh, I, I can think of two times in my life when I believe I perhaps encountered an angel. And, and I'm very hesitant to attribute it to that because we don't know for sure. But when I was in college one night, I was taking Johnny home on I-75 following a, a Beach Boys concert at the University of Dayton Arena. I was driving in the center lane on, on 75 and I came up behind a tall semi-truck also traveling northbound in the center lane. Now, typically, 95 times out of 100, I would signal left and get in the fast lane or passing lane, go around that truck. But for some unexplained reason, that night I, I signaled right and passed the semi on the right-hand side instead. As I pulled around, even with the front of the, the semi, I saw headlights of an oncoming car in the fast lane, driving rapidly in the wrong direction. Had I passed as usual on the left, I would have had a guardrail to my left and a 
foot, 18 wheeler to my right, and I would have experienced an unavoidable head-on collision in the fast lane. Whether that was God's personal deliverance that night or a guardian angel doing his job, I don't know. I do know that my post-Beach Boys concert brush with death did not give me good vibrations. <laughs> I was thinking, round, round, get around, get around that truck. And God only knows what would have happened otherwise. I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice to avoid a collision? And the moral of the story is, you'll have fun, fun, fun if you don't crash into a T-bird today. Well, Christian author Charlie Shedd writes, the Bible often uses the hand of God to reveal God's presence. And because of what I've been through, he said, one of my favorite verses will forever be Ezekiel 3, 13 and 14, where it says, I heard the noise of the wings. The hand of God was strong upon me. And Shedd continued, one evening I felt more than God's hand, I, I felt the touch on my fingers. It was supper time, and I drove into my garage with high anticipation for any meal with my favorite cook, and yet this time something else came first. As I turned off the ignition, my fingers simply wouldn't let go. What's going on here? I, I asked out loud. From somewhere in my heart came the answer, go see Roy. It was plain. It was clear. No question from that place in my soul where God and I hold dialogue, I knew he was giving an order. But it's supper time, I argued. Charlie said, I, I tend to argue with the Lord when I'm hungry. Supper can wait, Charlie. Go. But, but why? Roy was in church yesterday. He looked fine. The only response was silence. So before another word, I, I turned on the ignition and I went. Shed said, Roy was one of the senior citizens at our church, a nice old man, aging too fast, but still able to get around. Roy owned several farms and every day he'd pay a visit to the country. He'd, he'd putter around, stand by the fence and admire the calves, the colts, the lambs. He, he loved his farms. Roy lived less than a mile north in a, a big house, a, a real landmark. Hurry, Charlie, this, this could be an emergency. And it was. Dashing up the stairs, I, I found the front door unlocked. I found the front door locked. And from inside came a, a moan. But because the curtains were drawn, I, I couldn't see. Hearing the moan again and knowing the quickest route, I, I rushed to the back door, which was unlocked, and Rushed into the living room, I found Roy on the floor bleeding and calling for help. Knowing that action was more important than explanation, I, I checked his cuts, washed his, his blood away, and then when I had him clean and quiet, I, I helped him onto the couch. What happened, he said, was that he had tripped over a stump behind the corn crib and had broken his glasses in the fall. How did you ever drive home, Roy? That's six, seven miles. Your face all cut up, no glasses to see. However did you do it? I don't know, Charlie. I guess the Lord was with me.
Well, sometime within the hour, his wife arrived and she took over. And so after hearing his report, the three of us joined hands and, and, and had a prayer together. As I turned to go, he said, thank you, Charlie. How did you know I needed you? I thought I should wait until later to tell him about those stubborn fingers on my car keys. So I just answered, I think it was an angel, Roy. Makes sense, he replied. I was lying there on the floor praying you would come. Many Bible scholars sense that satanic activity in our world is intensifying as perhaps we near the final pages uh, of history. And if that's the case, wouldn't it seem logical to anticipate an intensification of angelic activity as the spiritual warfare heats up? Angels have amazed and puzzled us for centuries. We, we cannot comprehend the mind of God, nor do we fully understand the ways of his angels. We do not know why God sends his angels at, at one time and, and not at another. At times, we've been surprised by the brush of an angel's wing. In other situations, we have prayed for an angel but had no response. These are mysteries which will probably never be solved in our present existence. Hebrews 13, verse 2, cautions us, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Angels are waiting to care for us when we leave this world. In Luke chapter 16, verse 22, Jesus is telling of a, a godly beggar who sat at the gate. And Jesus said, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. When this life is over, we can rest in confidence that God's angels will take us in security, safely, to be with the Lord. And that reality gave hope to the early American slaves who sang, I looked over Jordan, and what did I see coming for to carry me home? A band of angels coming after me, coming for to carry me home. We may not know just what it will be like when we die, but we do know that we don't have to be afraid of anything. We're, we're going home. We're going to be with Jesus, and he's sending his heavenly messengers to protect us and, and take us there. Corey Ten Boom writes of a remarkable experience she had at the infamous Nazi concentration camp Ravensbrück during World War II. She said, together we gathered, together we entered the terrifying building at a table were women who took away all of our possessions. Everything, everyone had to undress completely and then go to a room to be checked. I asked a woman who was busy checking the possessions of the new arrivals if I might use the toilet. She pointed to a, a door. and I discovered that the convenience was nothing more than a, a hole in the shower room floor. 
My sister Betsy stayed close beside me all the time. Suddenly, I had an inspiration. Take off your, your woolen underwear, I whispered to her. I, I rolled it up with mine, and I laid the bundle in a corner with my little Bible, hiding them. And the spot was alive with cockroaches, but I didn't worry about that. I, I felt wonderfully relieved and, and happy. The Lord is busy answering our prayers, Betsy, I whispered. We shall not have to make the sacrifice of all our clothes. We hurried back to the row of women waiting to be undressed. A little later, after we had our showers and put on our shirts and shabby dresses, I hid the roll of underwear and my Bible under my dress. It did bulge out, obviously, through my dress, but I prayed, Lord, cause now thine angels to surround me and let them not be transparent today, for the guards must not see me. She said, I felt perfectly at ease. Calmly, I passed the guards. Everyone was checked from the front, the sides, the back. Not a bulge escaped the eyes of the guard. The woman just in front of me had hidden a woolen vest and tried to smuggle it under her dress. It was taken from her. They let me pass, for they did not see me. Betsy, right behind me, was searched. But outside awaited another danger. On each side of the door were women who looked everyone over for a second time. They felt over the body of each one who passed, and I knew they would not see me, for the angels were still surrounding me. I was not even surprised when they passed me by, but within me rose this jubilant cry, O oh Lord, if thou dost so answer prayer, I can face even Ravensbrook unafraid. And Corey Ten Boom believed that angels protected her, and her story certainly underscores the fact that, that God cares for his own. In his book, Angels, Secret Agents of God, Billy Graham relates a, a story about John Payton, uh, a missionary in the New Hebrides Islands. It's a, a thrilling story involving the protective care of angels. Hostile natives surrounded the mission headquarters one night, intent on burning the, the Paytons out and, and killing them. And John Payton and his wife prayed all during that terror-filled night for God to deliver them. And when daylight came, they were amazed to see that their attackers unaccountably left them. They, they thanked God for delivering them. So fast forward a year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Jesus Christ, and, and Mr. Payton, remembering what had happened, asked the chief what had kept him and his men from burning down the house and, and killing them on that night a year earlier. And the chief replied in surprise, well, who were all those men you had there with you? The missionary answered, there were, were no men there, just my wife and I. The chief argued, we had seen many men standing guard, hundreds of them, big men, in shining garments with drawn swords in their hands. They seemed to circle the mission station and so that, that the natives were afraid to attack. Only then did Peyton conclude that God had sent his angels to protect them. The chief agreed, there's no other explanation. 
Could it be that God had sent a legion of angels to protect his servants whose lives were being endangered? In addition to the work of the Holy Spirit taking residence in the Christian's life, it's obvious that God works through his angels to minister to his people. As a result of our study in this, this message today, may we be friendlier and more compassionate to the people we encounter each day. Who knows that the, the person you assist may be an angel. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And may it make us more sensitive to the Lord's leading and his subtle promptings. May we leave today more encouraged of God's provision with a greater sense that even during difficult times that we are not alone. The human race has been made a little lower than the angels and and crowned them with glory and honor. But we read that in Psalm 8 verse 5. But in some ways, we have a better opportunity than the angels. The, the angels have no provision for salvation. Having seen God firsthand, they don't get a second chance. There, there is no grace provision for them. The, the fallen angels who defected are, are known as demons and are eternally lost but without a chance for salvation. The, the faithful angels are saved and they will serve until the end of the world and on into heaven. But we humans are given the chance for forgiveness and salvation. 